That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. Good evening, everyone. I want to welcome you to Victor Christian Fellowship on a Wednesday night for a Wednesday night refreshing. You're in a position to receive refreshing from God, from his very presence. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to be able to gather here tonight. We have come hungry. We have come thirsty. And we shall be filled. 
And Lord, we exalt you and bless you and give you the highest praise in the name of Jesus. Let's worship the Lord together.
See, the enemy's plan is to rid the name of Jesus from this earth. Like he doesn't belong to this earth. And that the church just needs to shut up and let the world do what it wants to do. But as we just said, Jesus came and he walked the earth. He conquered on this earth. He put his name on this earth. He left his name as the authority to give us access to operate on this earth. And he told us, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation. We belong doing the work of the kingdom right here. So it is our goal. We must proclaim the name of Jesus on this earth. We must declare his name. He is not obsolete. He is very much supposed to be proclaimed all over the earth. So Lord, we just say today you're worthy. Your name is worthy to be proclaimed in every corner of this earth. We proclaim the name of Jesus with all of his power and authority, with every single wind that's behind his name, with his daily victories adding up over the enemy, minute by minute, second by second, hour by hour. We thank you, Lord, for being champions that we can follow. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that your name is a great name. It's a mighty name. It's a powerful name. Hallelujah. It is a pure and holy name. Oh, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you thanks and praise and glory. There is power in your name, Lord. I speak the name of Jesus. You are our defense and our shield. You are our protector, our safe place, our strong tower. Hallelujah, Lord of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, that beautiful, wonderful, holy, mighty name. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. We're here to honor your name tonight. We're here to sit at your feet and to hear your truth. And Lord, we thank you that you speak to us. I'm about to do a new thing in the earth. There's going to be some things that shake and some things that quake. But make sure that you have your stake in me. Stake out your claim in my blessings and my benefits and my good things. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to your name. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team.
Hallelujah. We are so glad that you're here this evening. Glory to God. You know, all of our services are streamed live on both Facebook and YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, and if you ever want to watch something, you can go and watch it. And uh, when you watch it, like it, share it. Amen? Amen? And, uh, you know, because in today's world, we have uh, members here and members online. Amen? And uh, that's a good feature. It's a good way to be able to connect with people. Um, but it's always good to fellowship. Amen? With like precious... You know, you're, you're amongst a group of people of like precious faith. And when you get a group of people with like precious faith together, whoo, God will do some things in our midst. Amen? Well, this is the first Wednesday of 2022. And are you excited? Hallelujah. God's got some good things in store for you this year. Amen? And if you want to give tonight, you can. Uh, you know, Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your increase. And your barns will be filled with plenty or to overflowing and your vats will overflow, will brim over with new wine. How many want a bursting barn and some new wine just flowing out? He's talking about your spiritual life and your natural life. In order to, but in order to burst the barns, you got to honor God with your wealth. Amen. That means whenever you have an opportunity to give, give. And you may not have to tithe all the time, but you can give offerings too. Amen. Offerings are above and beyond the tithe, and so as you give tonight, uh, know that you're you're giving in the good ground, and your seed is going to. Burst some barns and overflow some vats. Why don't you just say that? Say, my seed bursts barns and overflows vats. And God gives me the overflow. I have more than enough. I'm well taken care of. I'm blessed of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And those of you that are here, you can give any time during the service in our seed containers. If you're watching online, you can give it through our website. And if you need to do a card, you can do it through our bookstore. Amen. All kinds of ways. Well, kids, we got some awesome kids here tonight and some anointed teachers. And we're going to dismiss them now to have to experience God on their level. Amen. Kids, have a great night, a great class in God. Grow in the knowledge of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, tonight, we're going to do some training on how to be victorious in fighting the good fight of faith. Amen? You know, um, when a fighter fights, they, 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 they just don't get up there and fight. They rely on their training which produces endurance, but they also go into every fight with a strategy on how to win. 
and they've got coaches in their corner. We got the Holy Ghost in our corner. Right? He's our coach. He's the one giving us the strategy. So tonight, we're going to make you victorious in fighting the good fight of faith. How many want to be victorious? You not only want to be, you are. You are destined to be victorious. You have been chosen to be victorious. You have been ordained to be victorious. Victory is in your DNA. The minute you got born again, you got on the winning side. You got on the overcoming side. You got on the more than conquering side. Amen? And I want you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to begin there tonight. I woke up this morning. It was kind of early in the morning, and I just had this word fight on my mind. And uh, I wasn't involved in the fight, but this fight was just resonating within me. And I was here today studying and preparing, and it just wasn't, I was like, this isn't it. You know, said, God, you got to help me work this out. And how many know that God is faithful and God is good? And you just got to wait on God and he will put it together better than you thought you could have. Amen. First Timothy chapter six, starting with verse 12. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto you are called and have professed a good profession before many witnesses. I give you charge in the sight of God who quickens all things and before Christ Jesus who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession that you keep this commandment. Everybody say commandment. This is not a suggestion. This is a commandment that Paul is writing to a pastor, to a young minister, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And he says, without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So how long are you supposed to keep it? Till Jesus comes. Right? And the commandment is to fight a good fight... And uh, it says, when in times he shall show who is the blessed and only potent, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, God will not tell you to fight a good fight without giving you a strategy on how to do that. And the strategy is found in verse 11. He gives us the strategy on how to be victorious. On fighting a good fight of faith. But you, O man of God, O woman of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. This is your training regimen to be victorious. You know, I think of Rocky. Right? He had some training to do in order to be able to fight the fight that he needed to fight and win. 
And so tonight, the Holy Spirit's going to train us in how to follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. And when we do that, we will be victorious over every enemy, over every battle, over every opponent. Now, he tells us to flee some things. I'm not going to make you turn back, but there, in verse 3, we're supposed to flee different doctrines that disagree with Jesus or, dis- or go against godliness. You know, the devil promotes lasciviousness. That's just loose living to the max, right? But God promotes godliness, okay? So we're supposed to flee these things, verse 3. Different doctrines that disagree with Jesus or go against God. There's verses 4 to 5. We're supposed to flee conceit. Don't be conceited. We're supposed to flee envy. You don't have anything to be envious. We have the same God. Amen? Besides, you're not comparing yourself with other people. That's a sin. We're supposed to measure up to Jesus. Don't worry about who... Who's to the right or who's to the left? You got to worry about how you, how are you matching up with Jesus? Yeah. That's the only comparison that we need to do. Yeah. All right. See, if, if, in order to be able to fight, you got to flee some things. You got to let go of some things, right? You got to withdraw from some things. Yeah. Okay. You got to get the mindset of a warrior. Yeah. You got to get the attitude of a winner. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You got to go with some confidence to every fight. You gotta leave quarrels behind. Verbal abuse. This is from the Amplified. Evil suspicions. What's he doing? What's he doing? What's he doing? Don't worry about it. (laughs) Perpetual friction with men of corrupt minds deprived of the truth. There are some people that you're not gonna convince. So don't get in arguments about it. Right? (laughs) Did you know that Jesus didn't argue with the rich young ruler? When he came to him and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he told him. And then he said, give away everything. That was really the heart of the matter. And he walked away. Do you know Jesus didn't run and tackle him? (laughs) Jesus let him walk away. Why? Because people make their own choice. If someone chooses to disobey God, they're making their own choice. It's a dumb choice, but they're making their own choice. All right? You've got to withdraw from those who think godliness is a source of gain or a money-making business. Right? You've got you to go away from greed and covetousness. Verses 9 and 10. Right? People who, who go after, they're financially unethical. They crave to get rich. They're compulsive, greedy, longing for wealth. And you know what? You could be poor and have this attitude. Poverty and pride, God will deliver you from both of them. Amen? So, and you gotta, you gotta get rid of the love of money. Don't work for money. Is that what the Bible says? Work for money? No, it says work for God. 
It says, do your work, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do it as unto the Lord. God's your source. You live for God and he'll take care of you no matter where you are. Amen? So, this first word in verse 12, the first fight, right? The first word fight. It means to contend for a prize. It means I'm struggling, I'm striving like an athlete or a warrior. It means to contend with an adversary or adversity. And uh, it means to fight or to labor or to strive. And the second fight is a very similar word. It's actually the root word of the first word, but they're two different words. The first, the first one is uh, agonizomai. And the second one, which is the good, you know, the, the second one, which is a good fight, it's the word uh, agon. Agwan. I'm not a Greek scholar. I just like Greek food. It means the the second word fight is a contest or a struggle. It's It's a grueling conflict. It's a positive struggle that goes with fighting the good fight of faith. It's a, have you ever been through a struggle that made you better? That was a good struggle. Amen? So God wants you to win every fight. Every fight. When you do things God's way, living God's way, you will win all the time. Good guys finish last. That's a lie from the world. Jesus was the greatest guy and he finished first. Good guys finish first according to the Bible. He's the firstborn from the dead. He only had to borrow a grave because he wasn't going to be there for long. All right? To win every fight, you got to keep the faith. We're seeing a day and an hour where people are pressured to turn away from the faith. You know, Solomon, with all of his wisdom, he had the wisdom of God. He was wiser and richer than any other king, yet at the end of his life, his wives turned his heart away from God. He went from serving God to serving the devil. Think about it. You read it, 1 Kings chapter 11. God got angry that he left him. God wasn't happy. But he made his choice. 700 wives and 300 concubines. My goodness. That man was confused. All right? So you got to keep the faith. What does it mean to keep the faith? Stay with God. Stay with the Word. Stay with the Holy Spirit. Keep the faith. It's your duty to keep the faith. You've got to make a decision that no matter what, I'm going to keep the faith. I'm going to keep believing God. Then you've got to focus on God. See, we, we, we have church so that we can come together and focus on God. Amen? You've got to get your focus on God because it's so easy to be distracted. 
There's a lot of distractions in the world today. And you've got to listen to his voice. Not only is God a writer, but he's a speaker. He wrote you stuff and he speaks to you stuff. And what he, what he wrote and what he speaks are the, in a complete agreement and harmony. And they will give you the edge over every opponent, over every challenge, over every battle. And then you've got to do what he says. Four simple things to win every fight. Keep the faith. Focus on God. Listen to his voice. Do what he says. Right? Four simple things. Faith wins every time. If you get in the flesh, you're not in the faith. Oh, read Romans 8. You either sow to the flesh, you reap corruption, or you sow to the spirit, you reap uh, peace or life everlasting. See, if you're relying on your flesh, on your own expertise, on your own knowledge, on your own skill, on your own ability, and on your own strength, you're not in faith. Because faith rests on God. Amen? Complaining, murmuring, and grumbling stops you from conquering your enemy. The minute you start to complain, murmur, and grumble, you have made God an opponent not a friend. You read the Bible. He is not in favor of complaining, murmuring, or grumbling. He does not hang out with whiny babies. He does not fellowship with whiny babies. He sends them snakes. I sent you a basket of snakes. To be sense-ruled only following your senses is leaving the faith behind and losing the fight. We're to we're not to walk by sight, but we're to walk by what? Faith. Sight is a sense. We're not to walk by sense. We're to walk by faith. The just shall live by what? Faith. That means I am ruled and governed by what the word of God says. How I respond, how I think, how I act, how I live, how I treat people. Not having the full armor of God leaves you exposed and weak in faith, not strong to fight. Did the Bible say put on the full armor of God? Yeah, then put on the full armor. Well, I got five out of the how many ever pieces. Which piece are you missing? That might be the piece that you need. Doing nothing... Taking no action nor saying a word will cause you to lose the fight. Faith acts, faith speaks. The way David killed that giant, he acted and he spoke. All the rest of the soldiers stood there and did nothing and said nothing. And for 40 days, no one was able to go face a giant. Took a shepherd. And on that day, the shepherd became a king because he had the anointing of God. Amen. Are you anointed? You have the anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. When you are born again, make up your mind to follow God wholeheartedly. It is a journey. It is not a sprint. It is a marathon. We are to walk by faith. 
Amen? Every day, daily, you got to have a daily routine where you are daily connecting with God. Amen? Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Hallelujah. What are we doing? We're setting up a training regimen so that we can be victorious in fighting the good fight of faith. I'm training you tonight in six areas. Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, or patience, and gentleness or meekness. First Timothy chapter four, or second Timothy chapter four, starting with verse six. I'll be reading from the Amplified. This is Paul writing. He says, I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand and I will soon go free. Does it sound like Paul is, is uh, sad that he's about to go? Face death? He's about to face death. Why? And notice what he says. Right? Verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. If there was anybody that had opportunity to leave the faith, it was Paul. Everywhere he'd preach, a, a mob would be stirred up by a demonic spirit to beat him up. Hey, Paul, where are you going to go today? I'm going to go get beat up over here. I'm going to go get beat up over there. I mean, Paul was one big walking bruise. It's no wonder that Luke, the physician, had to travel with him. Man was stoned, left for dead. The man was uh, beaten with rods five times. He was whipped 39 times, three times, three different occasions. That man needed a first aid kit. Right? But notice, I have fought the good fight. Paul is telling us it is possible to fight the good fight of faith. He said, I fought it. I fought it and I won. Glory to God. I have finished the race. See, you can't leave this earth until you fought the fight and finished your race. Don't leave before your time. Do what you're supposed to do, and then you can go free. Otherwise, you you leave us to carry the load. Don't leave us to carry the load. You do what you're supposed to do. Verse 8. In the future, there is reserved for me the victor's crown of righteousness. Paul lived a righteous life. The minute he got set free from persecuting God's people, he never went back to persecuting. He was a church planter. Can you imagine? God took a a persecutor and made him a church planter. Glory to God. God can turn things around. Amen? A crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. Not to me only, but also to all those who have loved and welcomed his appearing. How many love Jesus? How many are going to welcome him when he comes? And then the crown of righteousness then is for you too. Go to 1 
Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. And verse 18. This charge I commit unto you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before you, that by them you might war a good warfare. You gotta use the prophetic word that has been spoken over you, that you've heard to wage a good warfare. What's a good warfare? That's a war you win. Did you know that you're in a war? Well, I didn't know that. Well, now you know. You're in a war. Notice what he says, verse 19, holding faith and a good conscience. How do you maintain a good conscience? You walk in godliness. Which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. They shipwrecked their faith. There's a lot of people that have shipwrecked their faith. They're not doing what God says to do. They're not doing what the Bible says to do. Oh, but they want the blessing, but they don't want to do what he said to do. Can't have it both ways. God blesses those who are the doers of the word, not the hearers only. Right? Hallelujah. So he told us, if we want to be victorious in the fight of faith, We've got to aim at righteousness. We've got to have righteousness as a target and a goal. We have to have godliness as a target and a goal. I see godliness. It's cited in the sights. Lock it on. Right? We've got to have faith in our, in our target. We've got to have love as a target. We've got to have steadfastness or patience as a target. We've got to have gentleness as a target. This is our training regimen. We have got to live this way. Listen, if you want to be victorious in every fight, you've got to have a lifestyle that reflects God. You can't be wishy-washy and win all the time. Wishy-washy people don't win all the time. What's a wishy-washy person? A double-minded person. A double-minded, the Bible says a double-minded person will not receive anything from God. Alright? So righteousness, true goodness, moral conformity. Who are we supposed to conform to? The world or Jesus? We're supposed to conform to Jesus, not the world. Hollywood is not our model. Yeshua is. The Messiah. The one who went before us, he showed us how to live a victorious life. He, dem- he came on the earth to demonstrate it for us. And we, we have recorded parts of his life and ministry that he left for us so that we can learn from. Righteousness is a gift of God that enables you to live like him. To be righteous means you have been approved of God. You have been made right with God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
You can't buy your way into righteousness. You can't make your way righteous. Righteousness is a gift that is given to us by God. And he gives it to anyone who believes. Anyone who has faith in Jesus as the Son of God. You get the gift of righteousness. Hallelujah. Righteousness is what you become at your new birth. The moment you get born again, the moment you accept Jesus, you are just as righteous as Jesus is. And righteousness is a lifestyle of the kingdom. I don't know if you remember Robin Leach. Lifestyles of the rich and famous. Lifestyles of the blood-bought church. And I'm Robin Leach. And this is Lifestyles of the Spirit-Filled. He used to have a program called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And he talked about all the lavish lifestyles that they live and the houses and the trips and all this stuff. Guess what? We are king's kids. Amen? It's time, it's time for us living up. We got to kick it up a notch in our lifestyle. We've been living far too below the standard. We got to kick it up. Amen? Righteousness is being on the right path, making right choices, and doing right things. When you're righteous, you do what's right. How do you know what's right? It's right in God's sight. It's not right based on our feelings, our emotions, our past, but it's based on what God has said or what God has established. To be righteous is to be how you ought to be. Jesus reversed the curse. He broke the power of sin. And we have, we have been connected to God. Reconnected. We can live like Jesus lived when he walked this earth. He gave us the victory. And the gospel of righteousness is revealed from faith to faith. All right? So we gotta, we, we gotta walk in righteousness. We gotta, then we gotta be godly. We gotta develop godliness. That is the fear of God. The reverence, respect, and honor of God, the people of God, and the things of God. We gotta have a healthy respect for God. Amen? To be godly is someone's inner response to the things of God, which shows itself in godly reverence. Godliness is being like God in how you think, how you speak, and how you act. What did Jesus say? If you see me, who do you see? He was the perfect representation of the Father. He talked like the Father. He ate like the Father. He healed like the Father. He loved like the Father. He, he opposed evil like the Father. He did every, he was the perfect representation of the Father. And that's what it means, godliness. When you see me, you see God. I'm a little G operating by the power of the big G. God is the big G and we're a little G. We're sons of God. Amen. Are we not God's offspring? Yeah, the minute you got born again, you became a child of God. You went from being a child of the devil to a child of God. We are children of God. We got him in our DNA. Hallelujah. 
we, we are connected by blood, glory to God. Righteous, holy, pure blood. Hallelujah. Go to 1 Timothy 4, 7. 1 Timothy 4, 7. Notice this. Refuse profane and old wives' fables. <laughs> if you're living off those things, you're not in faith. Right? And exercise yourself rather unto godliness. Verse 8. Bodily exercise profits a little. I got a little profit today when I went to the gym. But godliness is profitable in all things. Would you rather have a little or all? It says, bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and that of which is to come. Godliness, living godly in an evil world, it is possible. Joshua and Caleb lived godly in a group of negative-minded people. Noah lived righteously in a, in a world that was full of wickedness. Do you realize not one of Noah's neighbors were right with God? There was only eight people on the planet who were righteous, and that was the family of Noah at that time. And people complain because they're in the midst of ungodly people. Well, who is greater? He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So it doesn't matter what kind of negative environment you're in. You've got the, you've got the winning edge on the inside of you. All right. Verse 9. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God. (laughs) Will you get persecuted for being righteous? Yes. Will people criticize you for being righteous? Yes. Will people misunderstand you for being righteous? Yes. Be righteous anyway. They called Jesus a wine-bibber, a drunkard. They said that Jesus casts out devils by the prince of devils. Are you kidding me? That's what they told about Jesus who lived a perfect life, who didn't even sin. They were trying to trip him up, make him fall. You know, they put him in, they created scenarios just to trip him up, but he never did trip up. Because he would answer their thoughts. Oh! They'd think these thoughts, and Jesus would answer them, and he'd be like, oh. All right? So, listen, you, you might suffer some hardship, but you've you got to put your trust in God. Because the hardship that you go through can't compare to the glory that you're going to have. Amen? Oh, you think the cross was easy? Having people hit you, spit on you, mock you, want to kill you for no reason, whip you, punch a spear in your side, put a crown on your head, put a a rugged 
tree limb on the back that's open and wounded and bleeding? But Jesus did it for the joy that was set before him. See, I can, I can suffer with joy. All right, let's go on. These things command and teach. Let no man despise your youth. Age has nothing to do with it, but it's how you live, how you act. Be thou an example of believers. What am I supposed to be an example in? In word. Oh, how you talk. In conversation, how you live. In charity, how you love. In spirit or your zeal, your attitude. In faith and in purity. All these things relate to the, the list, the, reg, the training regimen. To be victorious. Amen? Till I come, give attendance to reading. To exhortation or preaching and teaching. Give attention to. You're supposed to be paying attention to teaching and preaching. Amen? Especially when it's so good and sweet here. I give the glory to God. Go to Titus 1.1. That's Timothy's neighbor. Titus 1.1. Notice what it says about Paul. Titus 1.1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of God... And an apostle of Jesus Christ. He's a servant first and a minister second. According to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after what? Godliness. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. But has in due times manifested his word through preaching which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. God manifests some things through preaching. Amen? All right, go to Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. What do we do? We're, we're, we're building our regimen so that we can be victorious in fighting the good fight of faith. Every, faith, every fight that you're in is fixed in your favor if you stay on God's side. Second Peter chapter one, for this, starting with verse five. Second Peter one five, for this very reason, applying your diligence, make every effort in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence. I'm reading from the Amplified. And moral, uh, and knowledge, in moral excellence, knowledge, verse six, and in your knowledge, self-control, and your self-control, steadfastness, or patience. And to patience or steadfastness, godliness, you got to add some things. These are things that will make your faith super-powered. Yeah. Hydrosonic. <sighs> and to godliness, brotherly affection, and to your brotherly affection, love... Verse 8, for as these qualities are yours and are increasing, we ought to be growing and developing in these things. 
What if you're not? Then you're weakening your faith. And you're not going to be victorious in the fighting the good fight of faith. All right? If these qualities are increasing, they will keep you from being useless and unproductive in regard to the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9, whoever lacks these qualities, you haven't been developing godliness, righteousness, patience, love, or faith. Whoever lacks these qualities is blind, short-sighted, having become oblivious to the fact that he was cleansed from his old sins. Say, I'm not blind. I'm developing these things. How do you develop them? Every day. You read the Word. You pray. You listen to the Holy Spirit. You're developing these things. He'll lead God and direct you. He's the greatest coach ever. He's got more victories than any other coach put together. All right? Then we got to develop our faith. Faith comes by what? And hearing what? Can faith come any other way? No. Faith comes by hearing. How do we release faith? By speaking and acting. Faith is an action word. Right? So we got to develop our godliness. We got to, oh, and we got to develop our love. See, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm still on faith. To fight by faith is to enter every battle with God's perspective and power. There's a battle going on. And you just showed up. You brought God's perspective and God's power. You got an invisible edge that no one else can see or hear. It's the Holy One living on the inside of you. You showed up with the goods. You know... What was David? David was anointed, but then he was told to bring some bread to his brothers and some cheese. He brought the first pizza. He was the first pizza delivery man. Don't know if he worked for Domino's or Papa John's. I don't know. He worked for Papa, Papa Jesse. Right? Papa Jesse pizza. And there was David. All he had was his bread and his cheese and the anointing of God. And he showed up to the battlefield. He was, he was just there to deliver bread, obeying his father, right? He didn't know that he was going to get in the battle. But see, the anointing made him ready for the battle. The anointing, the anointing prepared him for such a time as this. And when he got to that battlefield and he delivered the goods, he heard something that he didn't like. He heard a giant talking about his God. He wasn't just talking about Israel. He was mocking God. And David said, oh, I don't think so. Uh-uh-uh. And the anointing kicked in. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who has no covenant with God? He's already a loser. And then David said, well... What reward is going to be given to the man who defeats this giant? Well, you're going to get to marry the king's daughter. You won't have to pay taxes, you or your family. Sounds pretty good to me. Then his brother, who's a soldier, standing in fear, 
trying to intimidate his little brother because he's intimidated. You know, sometimes when you're intimidated, you want to intimidate other people to make yourself feel better. Right? And David and Eliab said, who'd you leave those little sheep with? And David said, talk to the hand. And so he went to someone else. So what's, 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 going, what's the man going to get? See, never get involved in a battle without the proper reward. Don't just get into a battle to fight. You've got to know what you're going to get. You've got to know what's at stake. And so David went, so the report went to Saul. And Saul said, bring me David. And David said, I'll go fight for you. Oh, but you're a boy. Oh, yeah, but I took, I took on a lion and a bear. And that giant is going to be like the, the bear and the lion. Well, let me give you my armor. You know, he puts his armor on. He's like the, the kid on, uh, uh, what's that Christmas, the Christmas story where he's all wrapped up and he can't go, you know, he can't walk like this, right? David said, no, no, this isn't going to work. I haven't tried it. You gotta, you gotta know how, you gotta know what weapons to use. Amen? You gotta know what weapons that you're skilled with. And so David goes out there and he initially, he, he sets the tone. He says, you know, the, the giant says, am I a dog that you come at me with a, a boy with a stick? He says, no, I don't come at you with a stick. I come at you with the name of the Lord. He said, you come at me with a sword, but I come at you with the name of the Lord. My weapon is far greater than yours, far superior than yours. I'm going to whoop your little you-know-what. That's my little impro- improvisation. But see, this is how you got to talk to the enemy. In, in size of comparison, David was small compared to Goliath. David wasn't a soldier. He was a shepherd. But he, he had one thing different. He had just been anointed. Who said, I'm anointed. I'm telling you, the anointing will bring out your righteousness, your godliness, your patience, your faith, your love, hallelujah, and your gentleness. Glory to God. And David, he fought. And the battle was over like that. Goliath didn't know what hit him. David, he is the best babysitter ever. He rocked Goliath to sleep. Then he cut, a, cut his head off with his own sword. You're fighting your opponent with the word and the spirit. You have an advantage over every enemy when you fight God's way. See, I have an advantage over every enemy when I fight God's way. God doesn't fight dirty. He just has superior power. He has a greater name. Hallelujah. He is supreme ruler over every principality, over every power, over every demon, over every evil spirit, over every sickness and disease. The name of Jesus is greater than them all. He has the greatest name. And then we got to walk in love. Because faith works by love. Galatians 5, 6 tells us that faith works by love. If your faith isn't working, check up on your love walk. Loving God, loving people. Two greatest commandments. Right? You always win with love because it never loses. 
God is love. He's never lost. Amen? Love's grip is strong and its endurance is lasting. Love, nothing has greater ability to overcome obstacles than love. You have, uh, faults are lost in love. You can just ask a married couple that's been married for a long time. Faults are lost in love. Can you say amen? Why, love covers a multitude of sins. Glory to God. Love can turn bad things into good things because love is a divine strength. Agape love. It never fails. Then, part of your regimen is being patient, steadfast. Amen? Not leaving your position. Not leaving where you were planted. Come on, somebody. We got too many rogue trees in the body of Christ. God planted them, but they decided to move somewhere else. And let me tell you something. You're never going to grow where God didn't plant you. Mm-mm-mm. God plants his trees by living waters. Where they can draw from his goodness. To be steadfast or patient is to remain, to endure. It's to remain under. God enables the believer to remain under challenges. Glory to God. Steadfast righteousness. You know, it says something about a life that is consistent. There is power in consistency. Being able to do something over and over and over again, not willing to quit, not willing to give up. Amen. I'm going to press in. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to press in. When I go to church, I'm going to press into worship. I'm going to show up. I'm going to give my all. I'm going to give my stuff to God. Amen. And God will meet you in that atmosphere. His glory will come upon you. The steadfast love of the Lord is never changing, never moving. When you're steadfast, you are immovable. How did Caleb maintain the strength he had in his 40s when he was 80? He was steadfast. He refused to quit, refused to give up. He refused to complain. All right, almost done. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed. As Christians, we go twice the distance and we give our cloak as well as our coats. Come on, somebody. As a Christian employee, you ought to be the best employee. You ought to excel. Amen. You ought to do the best job. You ought to do the best work. Come on. We're representing Christ and he gave us himself and he's living in us. If we're not doing the best, we're falling short. And then we have to have gentleness. Mm. Jesus was gentle and meek, but he was not weak. 
By being like him, we always win. Here's what gentleness is. This word gentleness or meekness. Displaying the right blend of force and reserve. It avoids unnecessary harshness, yet without compromising or being too slow to use necessary force. I remember when I played basketball, 6th and 7th grade, and uh, one of my coaches said, the meek may inherit the earth, but we're not going to let them take the ball. Amen? You know, in an athletic competition, you've got an opponent that's trying to stop you from scoring, trying to take the ball, trying to, you know, if it's football, trying to tackle you or sack you or whatever, stop you, right? Because you've got both defense and offense. The, the person who is gentle, they know how to walk in reserve, but they know how to exercise their power when necessary. Amen? Jesus was gentle when he was sleeping in the boat. But when he was questioned by his disciples, do you not care that we perish? He was awakened and he, he knew how to deal with the storm. But he, he was hoping that they would have dealt with the storm. Because he wanted to sleep. Amen? Oh, ye of little faith. Or how is it that you have no faith? You know, you've got to receive the word with meekness with humility, with gentleness, right? And all this stuff is also fruits of the Spirit, as well as it's a training regimen to be victorious in the fighting the good fight of faith. Every one of us are in the fight of faith. We're fighting this fight every day. Amen? Especially in today's world, when we are surrounded with lies and untruths. And we need some people who know the truth and are going to rise up and stand strong and not compromise and not back down. Amen? Even when the world puts on its pressure. Oh yeah, the, the enemy is good at pressuring you. He only operates by fear, intimidation, and pressure. That's, he, he, he has no new tactic. He's not a creator. He's been trying to do the same thing over and over and over again. And to us, it's not going to work. Amen? It's time to rise up. It's time to arise and shine for the glory of the Lord is here. It's time to get ready for the fight. A good fight. It's the good fight of faith. It's where we lay hold on eternal life. We profess a good profession. We don't back down. Amen? We don't stop preaching. We don't stop living. We don't stop worshiping. We don't stop giving. We don't stop attending. We don't stop fellowshipping. Amen? The world can't stop us. The government can't stop us. Glory to God. We're going to press in because we serve the Almighty God. It's a greater call and a greater cause. David said, is there not a cause? There is a cause. Stand up if you're ready to fight. Stand up if you're ready to fight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to fight this year, 2022. We're going to fight the good fight of faith. Every battle, every enemy, every opponent, every challenge is going down. Amen. And we are the champions. We are going to reign supreme. We are going to reign like kings on this earth. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. We got the anointing of God. We got the word of God. We've got the Holy Spirit. We've got the name of Jesus. We got the blood of Jesus. We got the power of praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We've got the joy of the Lord. Glory to God. We got something on the inside that's working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you're ready to fight, I want you to give a shout. I want you to give a shout. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You got to shout. You're a mighty warrior. Hallelujah. You got to shout because God's about to bring some things down. God's about to cause a quake in the city. He's about to release some blessings in your life. He's about to do something on your behalf. Hallelujah. We need some radical believers who are going to step out in faith, who are going to act out what they believe. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm fired up this first Wednesday. Glory to God. We are here to fight a good fight. We are here to win. We are here to overcome challenges. We are here not just to break through, but to overthrow. We are here to take over. We are not going to stop. We're going to keep on keeping on. We're going to keep pressing in. And God is going to say, well, there's a group of people in Palmyra that I'm excited about. I'm going to send my fire. I'm going to send my rain. I'm going to send my glory. I'm going to send my power. I'm going to send my victory. Hallelujah. I'm going to give them my strategy on how to win. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. If you can pray in tongues, pray in tongues right now. If you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, come up here right now. If you need healing, come up here right now. Healing or filling? Healing or filling? Amen. God can handle it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Father, I just thank you right now that from the top of